This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with two full-blown kids. And I'm Teresa. I have a family business, two young kids, and a toddler. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, Mama Needs Alone Time. Plus, this is dreaming about summer. Teresa has a Target adventure, and we talk to Aida Salazar about coming of age. Woo! Is coming of age code for more periods? Yep. Woo! How it are you, Teresa? Sure is. <laughs> How are you? I am fine. Mm. I had an interesting adventure yesterday with my children. Oh. Would you like to hear about it? I'd love to. Great. So Sunday morning, Jesse normally goes to the flea market on Sunday mornings, but he's sick, so he was at home. And I decided I was going to take my three kids to Target. Mm. And I realized as I was making that, we needed a birthday gift for a party later that day. That was the like impulse behind yes. it. But then also like Oscar had some money like from his piggy bank that he wanted to buy something, whatever. And I kind of just wanted to get everyone out of the house. Yeah. And I realized this is might not be smart. Like, I might not be making a smart choice right now, but, like, let me think about this. Like, am I up for this? Can, like, are how are people doing? Yeah. Can we do this right now? Can we be focused about it? Like, we're not just going to go to Target and have a free-for-all right. and shop around. Like, no. we're going to go. We're going to get a couple things that, like, we're going to be clear about what we're getting. Then we're going to go. Yeah. And I just decided to do it. And everybody was really excited. And they, we don't do it that much like no. that. And so we, everybody was ready. We were leaving the house on the way there. And even parked in the parking lot before going in, we reviewed the rules. <laughs> and the kids reminded me what the rules are. And they oh. did a very good job. Yes. And the primary rule, of course, you all know what it is. Stay together. Oh. Stay with mom. Um, and I said very clearly, do you, and you guys can see where this is going. Oh. I said very clearly, like, if and if people are not able to to stick with that rule, no big deal. But we will just leave and we'll try again another day. Yeah. Like, we're not going to keep shopping if people aren't staying together. Like, right. we just can't do that. Like, I can't do this yeah. if you aren't staying together. So, like, let's stick with the rule. If the rule gets broken, we'll just leave. Okay? Everybody's great. Great, great, great. We go in. Everything is going great. Everyone's Ooh. in a good mood. They're staying together. I'm complimenting them on how well they're doing, following the rules. I have Curtis in the shopping cart, which Ooh. makes things a little more manageable. You know, Grace and Oscar are listening. Everybody's kind of, we're just doing our thing. We're taking our time. And then we decide, we kind of get done with one area and we decide we're going to go to a different area. And so we go to the elevator and I ask Oscar to press the down button on the elevator button. And before he's able to get there, Grace decides to press it for him. Oh, I see where this is. That, that, was, all it, that was all it took. Yeah, that is all it takes. It was all it took. I've seen that happen multiple times in my family. And I've seen it happen, too. Yeah. But this time, oh. it led to Oscar yeah. deciding he would just leave our group yeah. and be done with us yeah. because he was so upset. So he ran. He ran away. <laughs> ran. <laughs> and I was pretty calm because I was like, well, he'll 
come back because he'll remember the rule. Right. He didn't come Ooh. back. So I I was like, hmm. And then, like, Grace, she's very sensitive, too. I didn't want to set her off, so yeah. I stayed really calm. Oh. I had Curtis in the cart. We made a couple loops around the store looking for Oscar. Grace was being very good. She was calling Oscar. We really couldn't find him. So we made some more loops, and we kept looking for Oscar. We really, really could not find him. So after about 10 minutes yeah. of just not being able to find him, I did go to the front, good. and I asked, you know, I said, my six-year-old is somewhere in the store. I can, you know, <laughs> can you guys help yeah. me? Whatever. So they start to help us. They're very nice. And then we see Oscar walking along, like, all, all the way at the other end of the store. And I'm like, okay, good. There he is. And he's just walking. He looks totally fine. He's just walking, like, walking. Yeah. And so we start to walk towards him. Well, he sees us, mm. and he runs away. <laughs> he turns around and runs the opposite direction. He is done with this he's, family. He's just like, <laughs> I was having a nice time shopping by myself. You yeah. Know? And he's so far away that I can't, t- I can't, like, remind him about Anything. I can't remind him about the rule. I can't say, like, I was like, you're going to lose so many privileges right now. Like, you're going to lose your iPad forever. Um, You're going to, like, never be able to come back to Target. Target. Like, all these things that I'm like, you just need to. And he's, but he's running and he's so far away that I can't really do much. And I'm pushing a cart with a three-year-old in it. So I'm also not, like, like, very quick on my feet. So Grace (laughs) takes off after him. So then I can't find either of them for a while because she's chasing Oscar around the store. <laughs> it was pretty amazing. And again, I'm trying to stay calm because yeah. I've got Curtis there. So finally, Grace catches up with him and she's trying to reason with him. And he's standing and I can see them like really yeah. far down and they're just talking. They're saying they're talking to each other. I'm like, OK, good. Maybe he's calming down. I don't know. By the time I get there, he takes off again. And I'm like, Grace, Grace, you just 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 stay with me. Just stay- thank you. But just stay with me. Let's all let's the last thing I need is like two missing kids yes. in Target. <laughs> so I continue to like do this for a little while. And then he's gone again. Yeah. And like security kind of knows that I'm that I've found him now. So they've kind of stopped helping because yeah. they're like, oh, he's not missing anymore. You know, he's yeah. just running away. He's just yeah. misbehaving, you know. And so I come, like, basically, I'm not even going to do a further play-by-play, but it was probably, like, 45 minutes. But, and during which point, I did leave Grace and Curtis yeah. with somebody at the self, like, one of the yeah, people good. who worked there at the self-checkout because she offered and she was really nice. And Grace was fine. Like, Grace yeah. was great. And Curtis was fine. And I, but that, nothing came of that because I went around looking for Oscar by myself yeah. and I couldn't find him. So, and I ultimately called Jesse, who was at home sick, and I said, you know, I don't know what to tell you, but I guess you just need to come here because I can't (laughs) really do this by myself. Like, I can't, there's too many kids. Like, I can't, I can't, (laughs) like, I... So, yeah, I mean, it's like, outnumbered yes, on this battlefield. I mean, like, clearly, yeah. like, there's no one else. No, so, yeah. And then, like, the security people kind of got back on it. And I was like, I basically just said to them, look, like, I can't really go. Like, I can't. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. And they were, like, really nice. And so, like, a couple minutes before Jesse gets there, I look over and I see Oscar walking back over to me. And he's got 
an entourage of security yeah. personnel and nobody's touched him, you know, because no. they probably have rules about that. But they're all standing around, like they're kind of creating a nice little huddle right, where they're, they're walking very him. slowly. Yeah. They're hurting him towards me. <laughs> and he's fine. He's yeah. got an orange. They gave him an orange probably to bribe him to yeah. come over. And he comes over and he really, he's deluded himself yeah. into thinking this is no big deal. Oh, yeah. And so he comes over and I, I take his hand. And they're like, please stay with your mom now. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. So, thank you so much. And so then I'm like, Dad, you know, daddy's coming and you're going to leave with daddy. And the Grace and Curtis and I will finish our shopping, you yeah. know. And then he that was when he really lost his mind because he realized, oh, yeah, I don't get anything now. Oh, I no. don't get to be on the shopping trip. No. And you guys are going to stay here and yeah. have this experience. And whatever. So then Jesse carried him out screaming. Did the the screaming carrying out? Screaming carrying. I I was very like people were watching. Yeah. This show. Of course. It's a good show. Through this, there were so many watchers. (laughs) There were so many watchers, and that was fine. Yeah. I didn't really. It was. You're a performer. I really was just like, yeah. this is just ha- like this is just happening yes. right now, and he whatever. So he left, and we talked about it later a couple of different times. And there is really no moral to this story except that <laughs> what I said to Jesse last night when we were like about to fall asleep, and we kind of had the first chance of the day yeah. to like talk about it, just the two of us, is I was like, I'm fine. I don't feel traumatized by that experience. But what was a little bit distressing about it was just how much it took me by surprise. Like, oh. there was no... Usually with my kids, I start to sense yeah. their dysregulation as it's starting to build yeah. and there's a vibe. And I'm like, okay, we got to get out of here. Like, let's quit now. Yeah. And there was none of that. Like, I really... All the way leading up to that, I really thought, I've totally got yeah. this. Like, we're actually having a nice time yeah. doing this. And then it happened. So it was like another one of those things where I was just like, Oops. nothing is in my control. Like, mm. I, and that's fine. Yeah. Nothing really is in my no. control. I, I can only do what I can do. But like, I again, a reminder yeah. of how little control yeah. I have. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Well, that is a perfect target story. Thank you. You're welcome. How are you, Biz? I'm all right. Okay. You guys may not know this. It's the end of February, beginning of March. We're just right here. I mean, it was just Christmas and like the holidays. Just the other day, it feels like. But I don't want to startle you. But summer is almost here. <laughs> I know. And have you signed up for stuff? Do you know what you're doing with summer? Because I don't fucking know what I'm you're doing with stress summer. stress everyone out, Because I am stressed out. Because okay. I thought I had summer solved. Both kids wanted to do the same camp. Oh. And now suddenly, oh, the no. older one does it. Oh, no. And I'm like, I'm going to have to do the thing. I've already said to the stuff. And I was like, I feel awful. But I'm going to have to say, too bad. Yeah. You're going to have to do this. Yeah. I am sorry. Yeah. Sometimes the needs of the family outweigh the needs of the child. Yeah. And sometimes it's fine. Oh, it's sometimes Like sometimes they say they don't want to, but then they end up having fun. I know this is going to be one of those things where like she's going to be the oldest and probably none of her friends are going to be there and Um, it's going to suck. But we can't do a different option. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Summer. Yeah. 
Speaking of summer and not having many options, today we're going to talk about alone time. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa, alone time. I'd like to start with... What does that conjure up for you pre-kids? Like, grow uh, when you were growing up or when you, you know, were a young adult, basically anything that happened before children were in your house, alone time. Is that something you liked? What did it mean? What did it represent? As a kid, I just thought, why? Mm. Like, why Why would you want to be alone? Right. I didn't really get any alone time as a kid, yeah. and I didn't really want to be alone mm. as a kid. I was usually pretty anxious about the idea of being alone. I often did not even like to go to another part of the house where my family was not. Huh. Okay. So I did not like being alone at all. Yeah. And then as you got... Older. That's still the same way. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no. no, that's how I am. Just how I am now. No. no. Um, but no. I mean, like, before kids, were you still, like... So, it was really gradual. So, by the time, like, in high school, I think I remember, like, kind of trying to be alone and yeah. seeing how that would feel sometimes. But I didn't like it. It made me very uncomfortable. In college, I would say, is when I learned to be alone and to kind of like being alone. Yeah. Like, that was my first experience of, like, having my own space and kind of being more autonomous and doing what yeah. I wanted to do and, like, just, just kind of... masturbating. Just masturbating all the time. <laughs> no, I had two, two roommates my freshman year. I don't think that would yeah. have worked very well. But, um... I started to feel in college like this can be okay sometimes. Yeah. This is all right. And then, but yeah, it wasn't until, really until kids that I started to actually enjoy being alone. And I will say next level to that, even after having kids, I think there, there's been a progression to where now, <laughs> where I am today, with my family the way it is now, eight-year-old, six-year-old, yes. three-year-old, two dogs, and husband, <laughs> I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like I'm in love with being alone. Oh. It's, like, it's like I'm so excited to that- be alone when I get to be alone, yeah. and then when it starts to almost be over, I'm like, <laughs> okay, it's... <laughs> It's going to be like, it's like a sense of loss. Like yeah. this, You're... I knew this time would come. <laughs> okay. Growing up, what I thought alone time was like in terms of like for a double, but I thought, oh, when I grow up and have alone time, it was uh-huh. very much like Calgon bubble baths, you know, like alone time. What was the first word you said? Calgon. What does it's that mean? A, 
Calgon, take me away. It was a bubble bath from oh. the like 70s and 80s. Oh. And the commercial was of like a woman usually like surrounded by kids or work uh-huh. or whatever. Everything's yeah. on fire. And like yeah. she's like, Calgon, take me away. <laughs> and then like cut to a bathtub filled with bubbles, mm. candlelight. You know, glass of champagne, <laughs> right? Like, and the dimmed lights, and she's just like, ah, oh, probably yeah. masturbating. Anyway, but I just remember thinking, oh, like, so, like, alone time has to be this like special mm-hmm. thing where everything's yeah. set up yeah. for you. Yeah, I never had a, like a problem with being like alone. Uh-huh. Like, I enjoy walks by myself. I mean, like, as a kid, and you know, yeah. I didn't need. I could play by myself for hours. All of this feels like it's code for masturbation. But <laughs> no, it really does. Now, should we get it all out of the way I, right now? No, I think it'll just it'll just, just be with us the whole way. You'll always gonna, be wondering if little, we're talking about masturbating. Come along for the journey. So. <laughs> That too yeah. sounded like <laughs> masturbating. I Go did along. that one on purpose. Okay, and then like I lived in New York, and I so like yeah. I loved alone time. Yeah, alone time I mean, in New I York I will go to dinner great. by myself yeah. all day long. Yeah, I, I will go. I used to drive to like Virginia from Alabama in the summers by myself. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. I also remember seeing there is in particular a scene from the Steve Martin retelling of Cyrano de Bergerac, the movie Roxanne. I just remember, so he lived alone. Mm-hmm. And there would always be these scenes of him like in his house making dinner, mm-hmm. right? And there'd be a glass of wine and he'd be mm-hmm. like making a proper dinner, not like a microwave dinner. Yeah. And like there's music and it's bright and he's just having this nice time at home. And I was like, that's what adulthood yeah. is. That's yeah. going to be my life. Oh, that's cool. Right? Yeah. And then fast forward to kids and there's almost no alone time. Yeah. And I I almost feel like, well, what about the time during the day where you're not working and kids are at school? Mm -hmm. That doesn't feel like alone time Mm because like the noise and impact of my family. Yeah. Is still like it's like on you. It's on me. Yeah, I know. And so that like we're not capturing the Roxanne feel, right? Because of- it's not like all for you. It's not like because yeah. also I think the way we have these blocks of alone time yeah. are pretty. They're pretty specific. Yeah, like it's like I can do whatever I want in this little bit of time, you have and one then hour everything and before and minutes. after it. And plus, a lot of the time. That alone time is like preparing for when, yeah. for later when there's people there. Like, so do you find where do you find alone time now, if anywhere? Yeah. Besides well, the bathroom. <laughs> right. For me, it's like, it's less about just not having like my family there, mm-hmm. but it's like not being around people at all. Yeah. yeah like, yeah, yeah, I, I just, I like, like, some, something I have learned to enjoy is like quietly cleaning up by myself yeah. at the end of the night, like mm. cleaning up in the kitchen and yeah. like making the lunches for the next day, which I hate making the lunches. Yeah. Like, but I'll like pick out a podcast that I want to listen to or nothing or, nothing or music, but it's my decision and it's my, you know, yeah. I can just move at my own pace. I think for me, 
a lot of it is about moving at my own pace, I think. I've, like, come to realize this because I think, and people who have known me all my life will laugh at this, but, like, I think I like to move at a little bit of a slower pace than most other people in my life. So, like, you know, I was always, like, the person where we'd be, like, playing games in college and be like, whose turn is it? Teresa. Teresa. And I'd be like, oh, sorry, guys. All right. <laughs> like, I just, I don't know. Yeah. I just, let, and so. It's your rhythm. It's my rhythm. Yeah. And that's fine. And it is what it is. Yes. But, like, I think that when I have, you know, a, and I actually think Jesse and I, part of why we get along so well is we move at a similar rhythm. Like, I do. I think I agree. that. Like, no, I can see that. Like, there was a time where we, like, both went to the doctor and got physicals, like, on the same day because we were, like, young people yeah. who, like, didn't have health insurance. And we're like, <laughs> we should go to the doctor. And, like, I remember the doctor coming in and being like, you guys have the same exact, like, heart rate and blood pressure. Like, that's really odd. <laughs> Um, but cute. But like with my kids and just with other people in the world, I kind of, whether it's my own anxiety or whatever it is, I am always, I have a tendency to feel rushed by others. And that is like a Mm. tiring way of being in the world. Like I, I feel like I'm not up to speed all the time. And so I don't know why now, but for for whatever reason now, I'm like starting to really enjoy that like when I'm by myself, I can move as slow as I fucking want. Like I can literally take an hour making these fucking lunches and I will enjoy that more than if I like have to rush through it so that I'm done so I can go do something else. Like that's that's just me. That's interesting because I think it broadens what alone time means and is Mm. like it's not just about sitting it's like you're like the act of physically moving at your own Mm -hmm. pace yeah alone time be it bathtubs masturbation or packing lunches (laughs) it's all about uninterruption and it really being your focus on yourself yes whatever that is yes and the pace thing that's such an obvious luxury and gift to give yourself when you've got three kids yeah. who all move at different paces themselves. Yeah. And I'm going to take a wild stab and say faster. A little faster. A little faster yeah. than yours. Oh, yeah. that's really interesting. I have found that the best I can do is get into my room after Ellis is down Mm because Katie Bell and Stefan can do stuff together. And I just, you know, put on wordless music, Mm -hmm. music with no words, Mm -hmm. but it can't be too exciting because that might make my Mm -hmm. brain start thinking. Make you feel stimulated. Right. I don't want to be, I want to just work a crossroad puzzle Mm -hmm. or work a puzzle puzzle. Mm. And uh, because these are calming activities for me. That is really great. And I don't, and like you can't come in and talk to me mm. during that time. I love that. And I feel is that every night? I try and make that happen every night That's now. It's not so good. It's something that only recently has started to be able to happen. And I do sometimes think, you know, well, how am I having enough time with Stefan? Mm-hmm. Because usually by the time he's ready to come to bed, I am nice and relaxed and I'm going to <laughs> going to sleep. Yeah. And, you know, for the ultimate alone time. 
sleep. Yeah. But I will say what's... Unless your dreams Oh, my are God. Needed, I had, like, the worst sorry. fucking dreams last night. Yeah, anyway, dreams can be... Yeah, dreams are a mixed all bag. about where I'm working it out. Yeah. <laughs> but what I have found actually interesting is something that we were talking about a lot in therapy is, you know, like, where... Where am I finding the inspiration to like for what's next? Mm-hmm. And we were going back and tracking like my most sort of creative moments, like where I was the most stimulated, where like most of it came out. It has all been group related. Mm. It's all been with with other people, others. Yeah, and I mean, it can't just be anybody, right? <laughs> like, but yeah. you know, like, and I was like, oh, how interesting, because all the stuff I'm trying to do creatively is alone stuff sewing Mm -hmm. alone Mm -hmm. writing alone you know what I mean like and so I was thinking okay so what if I reevaluate what I'm using that time for interesting what if alone time becomes social time in which I'm not in charge of it Mm -hmm. and I'm using my brain in a different way yeah a way that i enjoy using it yeah yeah and so like that's something i'm starting to explore that alone time maybe not alone right like yeah do i want my alone time to be quiet time right or just time that is mine to do with yeah right yes it's like my time my versus time. alone time yeah it's like my time it's like where i am the driving force behind yeah. What I'm thinking about, what I'm doing. And for many of us, I think it starts with actual physical alone yeah. time. Yeah. But once you start getting that, it might evolve into something else because I feel like whatever it that is, it's supposed to be restorative somehow mm-hmm. or stimulating. Yeah. Right? It's, it's supposed to give you energy. It's supposed to yeah. give you. Yeah. So whether it's moving incredibly slow <laughs> or whether it's, you know, a group of people reading Shakespeare together at the cafe, yeah. you know, like, or whatever in between, I feel like, and it's not just one thing. I think it's obviously multiple things. You know, I consider coming into this booth Every week, alone time mm-hmm. in the way that we are now defining alone time. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. So it's so funny. You're like looking at liking alone time more. Yeah. While I'm looking more at needing. Like needing something else. Needing yeah. something else. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Well, let's all just go sit in a closet until we figure it out. <laughs> One Bad Mother is supported in part by Beta Brand. Are you getting ready for work and deciding if today is a stylish day or a comfortable day? Oh! Now, thanks to Beta Brand's dress pant yoga pants, you don't have to decide. Beta Brand's dress pant yoga pants are super comfy, perfectly stretchy, and stay wrinkle free. They're yoga pants. Whatever your style, Beta Brand has the pants to match, and now they also offer premium denim with the same flexibility and comfort as yoga pants. Right now, our listeners can get 20% off their first order when you go to betabrand.com slash badmother. 
That's 20% off your first order at betabrand.com slash badmother. Millions of women agree these are the most comfortable pants you'll ever wear to work. Go to betabrand.com slash badmother for 20% off. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Okay. So I think you all know that my daughter, Gracie, who is eight years old, is very into movies and can get very focused on particular directors and particular genres and right now, she has a few films that she's really into. And one film that she has been wanting to see for a really long time is Cats. Yes. Which, as Step you may know, is supposed to be really terrible. And <laughs> But I decided to take her. And yeah, I took her yesterday. Yeah. And um, the only place that was left that was showing it in... LA was the Alamo Draft House, which is like where you sit in a reclining chair and you can like order food and blah, blah, blah. So it was a very fancy outing, which wasn't my plan. <laughs> but also, the only screening was a rowdy screening. And what? I have never done that, like even on my own. Yeah. I've never gone to like Rocky Horror or like gone to like a a thing like yeah. that. I just haven't do- ever done that. And I will admit, I was like a little nervous because yeah. I was like, this could be like me bringing a kid to like a thing that is kind of like cultish and yeah. like where people don't maybe want a kid to be there and there's like alcohol there and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And maybe Gracie will be overwhelmed by the noise or something. But I just decided <laughs> she wants to see this so bad and it's our like only chance because yeah. it's kind of closing. And I was like, well, it's during the day, right? Like, how, 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 how crazy could it get during the day? So we went, and I am so glad that we went to the rowdy screening because it was so fun. Yeah. And she loved every minute of it. We got to, like, hiss and meow at the screen, yeah. like, throughout. <laughs> and, like, they gave us bubbles, and we got to blow bubbles oh. at certain parts. And, like... Grace loved yes. hearing the funny stuff that audience members would like sometimes yell out at the screen. And it was just, it was delightful. Like, I was just so glad that I kind of got over my yeah. hesitation and just went for it. And we had such a great time together. That's such a good job. Thank you. All right. This is dumb. We went outside. Oh, I feel outside like outside exists. Outside exists. Yeah, we have a nice outside. Okay. It was a really lovely weekend. We keep thinking, go outside, mm-hmm. all of us. Yeah, because if like one's inside, yeah. then it sucks mm-hmm. everybody back in. Yeah, and it was like, why, why yeah. aren't we? 
doing this. No, but it's a genius. It is. No, it so is healthy. a genius because we yeah. were like, that's a good reminder. Yeah. You can go outside. Yeah. And it was really nice. That's great. It was great. Good job. Thank you. Hi, Biz and Teresa. This is mostly a fail with a little bit of genius. I took my, I take my six-month-old swimming every week. So this morning I got up at 6.30 in the morning, got everything packed, got him dressed, drove the 30 minutes to the pool, got him ready, went to get myself ready, and realized, of course, I forgot all my trunks. I'll be damned if I'm getting him dressed and driving all the way back home. So I went to the front desk and bought the XL shorts that I found on the rack. Went to try them on, and something was clearly wrong, so I checked the label, and of course, the junior size. I'm quite stubborn, and I wasn't going to miss my bonding time with my kid, so I squeezed into them just about and went swimming. Everything was on display, it was very uncomfortable, and they split as I was getting out of the pool. But I got to go swimming with my kid, we had our bonding time, and I got a story out of it. I thought I'd call in as you might get a laugh out of this. Long-time listener, first-time caller. You're both doing a great job. I'm not. I don't know. Yeah. Sounds like a great job I to me. I feel like this is a genius. This is a genius. Completely. This is a genius because you did not just, ah, we're going yeah. home, right? Yeah. Like, you embraced it or more yeah. so it embraced you. Yeah. And you <laughs> did it. It embraced you. Very tightly. Very snug. You gave probably everybody at the pool a thrill that day. <laughs> and, you know, don't be surprised if you're invited back to the, you know, to some more group swim lessons. <laughs> I think you're doing a remarkable job. Me too. It's great. <laughs> you really, you just did it. Yeah. You found a way to do it. You didn't give up. That's right. You did not give up. And you had a good time. I know. I love it so much. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, Teresa. I wanted to take a photograph of my three beautiful children together because I'd realized it had been a little while since we'd done that. And we were getting ready to leave the house and everyone was dressed and it was like the perfect time. And so I was trying to take their picture and everybody was being really rude and like sticking fingers in their nose and like being really disgusting, like not in a cute way, like just really sabotaging it. And I was kind of flailing for something. And I said, "Um, that's okay." Just, you know, I was like saying like, oh, all right. okay, let's say something fun. Let's say let's think of something fun we can all say together. And. I can't remember if it was Grace or Oscar, but one of them said, let's say fuck. No! And, uh, That's and fun I to just, say together. And then they started cracking up, and I just Snap. stayed silent and let them crack up and say fuck. Even Curtis. They were all <laughs> laughing, smiling, and saying fuck! <laughs> fuck! And I got some really great pictures out of it. I hope you got a video but, too. Hot damn. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. You're a monster. It's really bad. No, I it's really it's, I'm judging it you. It was bad. It's bad. I'm gonna go home and tell Stefan like right away. Okay. And not in a cute way. I'm gonna yeah. be like <gasps> Yeah. It was it was irresponsible. Okay. Fish tank. All the fish are dead. Uh, but um, we have the two shrimp huh. and the snail okay. that may live forever. Huh. They 
are not dead. Okay. I think we're coming up on three years. Wow. Anyway, and you've just been waiting, right? Like I'm you decided you're not there. getting more fish. I no, just I don't. Waiting. I'm just waiting them out. Okay. I'm pretty sure I will last longer, but maybe not. Okay. So we don't clean the fish tank mm-hmm. like we used to. Like we clean it much less, and because the water stays fine, because there's no fish pooping in it. Right. And then these are all things that eat eat stuff. eat yeah. gross things. Yeah. So the water level can get down pretty low before I think to go and refill it yeah. or clean it. And when it does get to a certain point, it sounds like it's just water tickling. And I guess some people, like, have water fountains in their house yeah. making that noise. Yeah. I can't stand it. Oh, no. And I will wake up hearing it, and then I can't go back to sleep. Because of it. But then every morning I wake up saying, I need to go fill the water with the thing and hold it because it's got to get some room temperature and blah, 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 blah. And then I don't, like the day goes. And we definitely aren't cleaning it, which would be the better choice at this point, just given where we are in our schedule. And it just, it's a... It's a horrible noise that I'm living with all day. And it made me, like, blow up at Stefan last yeah, night. because you were so agitated. Yeah. It. And then it made me more agitated that, like, he didn't just, like, jump up and, like, fix the problem. Not that he does that part of the fish tank. Like, it's not his problem to fix yeah. on his own. And, like, I just... I hate it. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I mean, I fucking just went and dumped some fucking water and everybody's alive. But, yeah. you know, I just was like, yeah, it got too long. When it gets to the point where it keeps me up at night, I've let it go too long. Yeah. Yeah. Trickle, trickle. Hi, One Bad Mother. This is a fail. Um, so currently I'm in the car. If you hear my one-year-old uh, chatter, that's because uh, you're on the Bluetooth speaker. And we're just driving down the road, drive the highway, and I'm trying not to vomit right now because I hate mucus. I hate it. I hate the word. I hate everything about it. And my baby with a cold in the back seat just is something that I can't even describe to you because I do not want to vomit. And I know moms are supposed to be able to handle everything, but it was just so gross what he just did. And I can't even tell you because I do not want to throw up in my car. I love the show, and thanks for the hotline. Bye. I love this. Moms are people, too. Moms are people, too. Things gross us out. I just like, there was this old Kids in the Hall sketch where they would come in to the office, Uh and they'd be like, how's it going? It's fine. I was on the subway, and someone was eating a sandwich. Oh, so gross. (laughs) I'm going to vomit. I know. I almost vomited right there. And like they're doing the most like, then I saw a tack, and he put the tack in the bulletin board. Oh, I'm going to vomit. Oh, I don't understand how you didn't just hurl right there, right? And it's just, you know, nothing. But that is what this reminds me of, which is a joy. But also, Don't see cats. Do not see cats. Do not see cats. There is... Some. <laughs> well, shame on you for not being able to tolerate yeah. and love yeah. every single thing about your child. Shame, shame, shame. <laughs> you are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. 
One Bad Mother is supported in part by Care.com. As the world's largest online destination for finding and managing family care, Care.com helps millions of families find high-quality care for their children, aging loved ones, home, and pets. Care.com offers a platform for all kinds of family care services, from child care and senior care to pet care and house care. It is the largest network of local caregivers and is dedicated to making it easy to find, manage, and pay for care. Reviews and background checks help guide families through the hiring process. You guys, Biz and I both have premium memberships, and you can too. To save 30% off of a Care.com premium membership, visit Care.com slash badmother. Hey, Teresa, let's call someone today. Teresa, this week we are talking to Aida Salazar, who is a writer, arts advocate, and homeschooling mother who grew up in Southeast L.A. She received an MFA in writing from the California Institute of the Arts. Her award-winning debut middle-grade novel, In Verse, is called The Moon Within. Welcome, Aida! Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, we are so glad to have you. Before we get into The Moon Within, uh, we'd like to ask you what we ask all our guests, which is, who lives in your house? Well, there are a number of people and sentient beings and books <laughs> and drums that live in my house. <laughs> but um, most uh, importantly, my husband, um, John Santos, he's a musician. And my two artist children, my son's a musician and a pianist, and my daughter's a dancer. She she dances hip-hop. Oh, I love And, yeah, so there are a lot of artists who live in this house, <laughs> and along with the artists is their art. So we have a piano <laughs> and a really incredible collection of drums and music and books. So that's what lives in my house. Oh, that is a happy house. Yeah. I think you're the first guest to name musical instruments yeah. as living in your house. And I'm, I like that a lot. I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, well, you can't go very far in our house without having touching a drum or a musical <laughs> instrument. I love it. Are there, with all of that art and sound happening in the house, I have to ask, are there any pets living in this house or have they all like run for the hills? No, we had one beautiful pet. I had a 21 year old cat. Oh, and nice. actually, he lives, his name was Gismonti, and he lives in the garden. Oh. We buried him under the apple tree. How very nice. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's get in to The Moon Within. The Moon Within, it's a coming-of-age story about 11-year-old Sally Rivera as she navigates her changing body, friendship, and family tradition. I guess I'd like to just start with, you know, the obvious question, what inspired you to tell this story? Well, um, as I mentioned, I have an artist family, and my daughter, the dancer, she is the person who inspired me to write this story. You know, I live in a very special place in the San Francisco Bay Area that is kind of a, a cosmos of, of traditional and folkloric and modern art. And um, one of those art forms is bomba dance, which is an Afro-Puerto Rican style of dance. 
And my my children, my husband's Puerto Rican, and my children are half Puerto Rican, half Mexican. And so the the characters in the book are exactly my family. Uh, the the area is exactly my 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 area. And my daughter asking all of the special questions about what was happening to her body, and my philosophy of um, of you know the connection between a woman's menstruation and and the moon. Um, it all is is kind of sifted into the story of of the moon within. However, everything inside the book is fictionalized. Ah, okay. The plot is fictionalized. Yeah. Right. What's interesting about this book is well, there are lots of things that are interesting and unique about this book. But but I think the thing that jumps out right away is that it's written in verse. Can you talk about that yes. choice? Absolutely. So I'm a poet. Originally, I started writing, writing poetry when I was 13 years old after my my sister um, committed suicide. And so poetry was always a very um, intimate place where I retreated to to get in touch, to express, to, to uplift, and to heal. And though I write prose as well, uh, there's something very intimate about writing in verse. For me, and I wanted to get into the a very close, you know, first person um, point of view with this character, and and I thought that poetry was the absolute best. It really, you know, the, the story came to me in poetry, and so after I was after about twenty, thirty pages, I said, well, of course, this is the way I must write it from then on. Well, it it definitely lends itself to the story. I mean, like, I mean, I am of the Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret generation. And I have am I. <laughs> and I am also of the generation of, or maybe it's just my upbringing or being Southern and Catholic, <laughs> that, you know, we didn't talk a lot about it and about, you know, the changes that were happening to our body. I mean, we t- they talked to us about it, but it wasn't, there were no moon parties. And, mm-hmm. and what I love about the fact that this was written in verse is it already puts a different voice to the sort of telling of the story of what she goes through and what many people go through. It's it's very beautiful. I want to say, again, like we were talking about, we recently did a show about puberty and getting our periods and what it meant to us and how that made us feel. And in The Moon Within... She has mixed feelings about starting her period because she doesn't want her mother to throw her a moon ceremony. <laughs> Can right. you talk That's about right. moon ceremonies? Like, what is that? And talk to us a little bit about that. And, you know, did that reflect a little bit in real life as well? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, so, yeah, I, I, I was raised Catholic and and the silence around mm-hmm. menstruation. It's not only of, of one culture or one region in the world. It's it's a, it's a worldwide phenomenon oh, yeah. that is, um, I think, part of a patriarchal, very puritanical ideologies that kind of uh, manifest all throughout the globe. And as you mentioned, menstruation is every single human on the planet is touched by menstruation, whether they like it or not, because you need menstruation in order to give life. Right. And 
And so every person came from a menstruator. And so, you know, throughout the millennia, different groups of people have celebrated or shunned the, the, this process for, for girls coming of age or menstruators coming of age. I'm Mexican, and as I, you know, started to kind of go back to my own traditions, my own, you know, indigenous traditions, I learned of moon ceremonies. And this was about 20, 25 years ago where I, where I began to make connections because of elders in my community and because other people in my community were celebrating in this way. I knew this this existed, and so when it happened for my daughter, it was going to happen for my daughter. It hadn't happened yet, but I, I started to do deeper research, started to investigate and ask more elders in our community about what what this meant and how to go about doing a moon ceremony, which I actually did for my daughter. And so uh, the biggest kind of takeaway from that research was that you know, in doing a moon ceremony and in celebrating and making the idea of menstruation not a shameful or a, a disgusting process, but but making it um, something worth celebrating and honoring through ritual and, and and sitting in circle with other menstruators. So that's where that's where that that came from. I love it. You used some wording there that I thought was very good and actually leads to uh, my next question, which is one aspect of the book is that there's this really beautiful celebration of one's heritage and culture. We get to experience this with Selly as she discovers how to celebrate her heritage while being herself. Ah, Selly's friend, Magda, is gender fluid, and Magda's journey is connected to history in a really interesting way. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, so in my community, in, my, in the San Francisco Bay Area, we're blessed with having witnessed many children blossom into their, their gender identity. Mm-hmm. And, and so that, that character came from, from many children in my community. And I wanted to talk about their blossoming in a way that was also grounded in ceremony. And, and I've been studying, you know, Mesoamerican history and, and, and writing for many, many years, and I know that the principal god in the Mexica pantheon is Ometeot. And Ometeot is, is neither male or female. Ometeot is the main god, and, and they are not neither male or female, but both, the divine duality. And I thought this concept was really beautiful and very interesting. And it reflected many of the changes that I was seeing um, happen to, to children in my community. And so I wanted to, to, to highlight this. And so I, I reached out to um, a fellow kidlet author, David Bowles, and I asked him if, if he knew of a word that could describe gender-fluid children or gender-fluid people in pre-Columbian Mesoamerica, and he said that the word shochiwa, which means those who bear flowers, was a word that was used to refer to people who were, you know, on the spectrum. And and so I brought that wisdom into this, this book specifically to reclaim the narratives that many in the Latinx and, you know, and beyond communities, the negative feelings that many of, of, of our communities have 
towards people who are trans, non-binary, gender fluid, and on the LGBTQIA plus spectrum in general. But, you know, this transphobia and this homophobia that we see from our communities in particular, I feel needed, uh, needed to be challenged. And so by also honoring this character and honor and showing how one community didn't have to um, take down this character, but, but lift, lift, you know, them up. That was my contribution. And that's really what I was trying to get at with this, with this piece. Well, it's, it, it's wonderful to allow children, regardless of where they see themselves and who they are, gender-wise, to be represented in a coming-of-age story like this. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, people menstruate. And it's, it is a really nice reflection, uh, again, to see in the story. And, yes, indeed. You know, I think that, that while... I, I only kind of alluded to the idea that, that through Marco, the character, mm-hmm. um, that that they do that they will eventually menstruate. I made very, I went to great lengths to make sure that I didn't tell that particular story because that right. was not my story to tell. Yeah, no, so, correct. Mm-hmm. So, I, and I was actually, the New York Times critiqued me. They said that I didn't go far enough because, <laughs> um, they said, because I didn't explore Markle's um, menstruation. But that wasn't my, my story to tell. And I can't wait for somebody who's actually non-binary, who, who, who is gender fluid, to tell that story for them. Um, actually, in fact, we have an a anthology called Calling the Moon. Mm. Uh, it's uh, writings on menstruation by by um, menstruators of color, and and it's coming out in 2022 by Candlewick Press, and um, and we have a non-binary person who's going to be writing about menstruation. I'm really excited for it. Oh, that's wonderful! We're, I, I just mm-hmm. typed that out as yeah. you were talking about it to make sure we have it on our list to keep. And I'm yes. out for it. That's amazing. I want to wrap up on something else that you're working on. And I guess it, it, you're a founding member of the collective called, and correct me if I'm wrong, pronounced La Musas. Las Musas. Mm-hmm. Called Las Musas. It is a collective of women and non-binary Latinx middle grade and young adult authors. Talk to me about that mission. Talk to me about that collective. That's that sounds great. It it is. It, so Las Monsas is a debut group that I put together with um, another ten founding members. It's a collective. There is no one head, um, no one president. It's run collectively, and we came together when a few of us noticed. I noticed a few of us were kind of announcing them in books. And and somebody approached me to be part of a debut group, and I knew I you know I understood that this is kind of the way that things happened, but I I realized that I I wanted to make sure that I was spending my time lifting other voices that had been historically marginalized, and it was the collective decided to just make it Latina, um, and as we've evolved. Um, the group has grown from, we went from 10 to 24 debuts in one year. 
And and as we saw the power of this community, we expanded to to develop a mentorship program. And so now we have an Hermanas program where we mentor unpublished Latinx writers, and we have a Madrinas program where established Latinx writers um, mentor the debuts and the unpublished writers. The need for community building and the need to break down this idea that there's only one story, uh, one Latinx story, is, is kind of what we're fighting against, right? We're really trying to, to make sure that publishing and readers <laughs> understand that there are so many different stories that we can tell from the Latinx perspective. And, you know, we, we very specifically made it Latina and non-binary Latinx books and not men. Because again, again. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yes, no, absolutely. You know, we we wanted to make sure that we were speaking against not only the, the one story, but also against patriarchy. I, and um, I love you. She's laughing. I'm laughing she's so because delighted. I'm so delighted because, like, again, the conversation we continue to have after doing this show for seven years is. Oh, surprise! Many voices, many stories. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah. and it's amazing how long. Well, no, it's not amazing. None of it's fucking amazing. It is. It has been one narrative and one story being told too long by uh, one voice, and so that is what gets me the giggles when I yep. have guests come on and state things that are beautifully obvious and needed. I love it. Oh, I'm so happy. Oh, yeah. yeah, we have to tell her story as well. Yep. Well, that's right. I, I just That's just so wonderful. Aida, thank you so much, not only for writing this book, but obviously for doing, having such a commitment to your community and to voices that need to be heard and help to be heard. We will make sure we link everybody up to not only more information about you and where they can get a copy of this book. We are going to keep our eyes open for the Calling the Men, uh, the collection of stories. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for joining us. Again, the book is The Moon Within. Thank you. Thank you so much. And look for it on paperback. It's going to paperback Ooh. in June of 2020, and it's going to Spanish as well. Oh, that's wonderful. It's another one to take to my school and my library. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Absolutely. All right. Have a wonderful rest of your day. You You too. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, Adam, uh, Maximum Fun wants us to record like a promo to tell people that they should listen to The Greatest Generation. You want to do that? No, I am tired of all the extra work. I just wanted to talk about Star Trek with my friend. I, I think it, it would be good to like try and get some new listeners by appealing to the audiences of other shows. Like this, this will only take a minute or two. It could be good for us. We sit down for an hour every week and talk about a Star Trek episode and make a bunch of idiotic fart jokes about it. It's embarrassing. If it got out that we made this show, I think it would make us unemployable. Adam... I- 
I have bad news for you. We have tens of thousands of listeners at MaximumFun.org. Oh, my God. I think I'm going to throw up. The Greatest Generation, a Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys who are a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. Every Monday on MaximumFun.org. I'm really going to be sick. Mission Control, this is Rocket Ship One. Come in, Mission Control. This is Mission Control. Go ahead. We have incoming, and it looks big. Can you identify? It looks like some sort of pledge drive. Affirmative. It's Max Fun Drive. That's a verified Max Fun Drive. Countdown to Max Fun Drive is initiated. Can you project a time to intercept? Based on the current trajectory, Max Fun Drive will be here from March 16 to March 27. March 16 to March 27. Roger. Rocket Ship One, can you confirm a visual on common Max Fun Drive phenomena, such as the best episodes of the year, bonus content, and special gifts for new and upgrading monthly members? We have a visual. Great episodes, bonus content, premium gifts confirmed, and more. Sure sounds quiet down there. Mission Control, what's your status? All systems go, Rocket Ship One. Just catching up on our favorite Max Fun shows so we can tune into Max Fun Drive episodes between March 16 and March 27. Over and out. <laughs> that was beautiful. Can I just say something yes, about that book? Okay. Please. I love that book so much. Yeah. You can read this book. Mm-hmm. You do not need to wait until you have like a child who is right. the right age for this book. Yeah. Like if you menstruate or you have a child who might menstruate someday or you're just close to somebody who menstruates. There's one sitting next to you right one, now. Yeah, it's, it or could be. Um read this book. It's like a it's a really quick read but just kind of for me it likes it like held me in this warm beautiful hug. And and I just couldn't put it down. It's just a really absolutely beautiful story. So you guys need to get on this book, The Moon Within. The Moon Within. You know what else we all need to get on board for? And holds me like a warm hug. That's listening to a mom have a breakdown. Hello. Long-time listener, first-time caller. My name is Tara. Um, and this is a rant. So... And this is in general, but warning, there's a lot of swears coming. Um, So a lot of people are always like, oh, man, your daughter, she's such a happy little girl, blah, blah, blah. And I fucking hate it. She is not happy all the time. She is a human being, just like you, just Mm. like everybody else. And she has big feelings, and she lets those big feelings out around me because I'm her safe person. And I have to deal with it all the fucking time. And I just feel so fucking overwhelmed and burned out. I'm burned out. I'm a burned out mom. And I'm fucking tired of hearing how you think my daughter is this amazing human being, which she is. I'm not disagreeing with you, but she's not happy all the fucking time. You're not happy all the fucking time. So shut your fucking pie hole. I have to deal with her big emotions and deal with mine at the same time. And it's fucking hard. Thank you, Biz and Teresa. You guys are doing a great job. (laughs) Woo! Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yes, for yes, that. and yes. yes. Yeah. Yes, and yes. Couldn't it is. have said it better myself. Fucking hard. Yep. Oh, oh. Congratulations. Yeah. Good. Do you have your baby? That's so 
perfect. Great for you. Yeah. That must be easy. Oh, I bet it's you so did easy. It. You have a happy child now. Oh. You're it, done. You're done. Yeah. Oh, I can relate. I think we've heard me relate all over this. <laughs> right? Like, it's the, oh, you're, oh, he's so sweet. Yeah. They're so sweet. This yeah. child doesn't get cranky. Mm-hmm. This child couldn't possibly get mm-hmm. upset. Yeah, but they're so happy. And if they do get upset, you're probably the one who's crazy thinking it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Because I can tell by how happy your child is right now mm-hmm. that her worst moments are probably just screaming out some rainbows and lollipops. Also, there's a sinister thing here. About the whole, like, negating people's feelings yes. because of what, it makes us all feel like we got to storm around with a smile on our face yeah. all the time. Yeah. I love you. Yeah. You are correct. Yes. It's hard. Yeah. Of course your baby is happy and beautiful and wonderful and smart and all the things. Yeah. But also a person yeah. with feelings and emotions that you have to absorb. Yep. And you are a person, too. Yeah. And by the way, it would be kind of messed up oh, so... if a kid wasn't showing any feelings. Yeah. If we don't want that. No. that's They're not developing if they're just <laughs> just acting happy all the time. That's, that's right. a weird thing to compliment a kid on. I, uh... <laughs> oh, do, do they look happy? How yeah. about now? Pinch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Taking away your lollipop. You're doing an amazing job. Yeah, you are. That was wonderful rant. Thank you for sharing it with all of us. What did we learn today, guys? We learned maybe we're thinking about alone time in the wrong way or exactly the right way. Did you get some sort of moment Mm -hmm. that restored you in some way? Yeah. Like... I will admit most of us come with being very quiet and alone. <laughs> but also I think the awareness yeah. of what is serving us yes. and what isn't is really is really worth mentioning. Like I think that's part of it. Yeah. Cuz it's it's figuring out what is actually feeling good to me. What is actually giving me energy right now? It might not be what you think it is. Right. And it might not be what they tell you it's supposed yeah. to be. Yep. Right? It, yeah. I kind of don't like champagne in a hot, no. steaming bubble I don't bubble think bath I've done that and, one time in yeah. my life. I only did it like once where I had like the candles like uh-huh. around and but I... It was all I had a uh, champagne glass turned upside down so mm-hmm. I could put the candle on top like uh-huh. a little holder. It's gonna be very stacked up. Yes, that's what the commercials say. Yeah. And then I knocked it yeah, as I was getting in the tub. It yeah. broke and sliced my leg. Oh my god! <laughs> Never again. Relaxing. Take that, Biz. Trying to relax. So yay, alone time is a good time. We also learned. That puberty is happening to everyone. (laughs) (laughs) And we got to stop treating it like shit. Yeah. That's a good lesson right there. And and Aida Salazar's book, The Moon Within, is beautiful and can be read with or without having somebody menstruating in your house. It's wonderful. Now, something that you didn't know you were going to learn... But we're going to lay out for you is teaser, teaser. 
Max Fun Drive is coming up. Teresa, Max Fun Drive is coming up. Yep. It feels like too long. It feels like we should have had five Max Fun Drives since the I last know. one. That does feel like a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say a couple of things. Okay. One, opportunity to support the podcast you love so that we may keep podcasting. Mm-hmm. Teresa and I have made new videos. Yeah, we have. And guys. I am, I think we perfected them this year. <laughs> yeah, I think so, this too. Is, these are real fun videos. Yep. And new pen. Yep. Just not going to tell you what it is because that's going to be a big fun reveal. Yeah. We're going to be coming out over the next couple of weeks leading up to the Max Fun Drive, telling you more about how you can support us, how you can get on some great gifts. We always try to make that fun. We, yes. We're going to have some good guests, some juicy topics. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fun. We're not going to talk about periods once. <laughs> <laughs> So, everybody, make sure that over the next couple of weeks, you are keeping your ears open and listening right away when the podcasts come out. Make sure you're following us on Instagram, at One Bad Mothers. Make sure you are following us on Twitter, at One Bad Mothers. And on Facebook. We're all over the Facebook. Now, let's settle in for something important. You guys are doing a really good job. Yeah, you are. Yeah, it, you you really are. Yes. I I just want to say I acknowledge that things are happening to us all the time that are not in our control. Even if we work really hard, we may not get. And our children, who we love very much, still are people and are doing their thing in the world. <laughs> no matter how stressful that might be for us. And everybody is doing a really good job just accepting that kids wound up in their house and supporting them and that you still have to be a person out in the world. And it is a lot. I mean, it's it's a remarkable amount. And we see you. And you really are doing a very, very good job. Teresa, you are doing a really very, very good job. Thank you, Biz. So are you. Thank you. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Hannah Smith, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blue. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.